Sport Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Our show emanating out of the executive suites of the TalkZone.com. It's the coach of the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Randy Myers, assistant producer, sitting in uh, as our production lead man this week. David Olson is away without leave, missing an action. We are trying to track him down. We have a couple of our non-English-speaking interns that are on the case that apparently they are close. They haven't found them yet, but they are close to discovering exactly where producer David Olson is. And I'm told the uh, scenario is not very pretty. We got March Madness coming up. We got some uh, NBA news. And of course, the big news from yesterday, a little football action off the field. Roger Goodell. Good day. He should be in Australia. Good day. Good day. Roger Goodell uh, firing. And I support everything he did, but uh, many of the New Orleans Saints players, teams, general manager, defensive coordinators, some of the fans, I don't know, vendors, nobody's safe in New Orleans as they basically have suspended and fined just about everybody. So we'll talk about all that and more. Don't forget, March Madness, the Sweet 16, back in high gear tonight. Big dog, coach, with you till 11 o'clock. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off from the 35-yard line. By the way, somewhere along the show, strictly for my own edification, I don't think it'll have any entertainment purposes, but I am going to need to either Joel or Randy, I don't know if one of the two of you guys, maybe a listener, can help me, but I have a, a, a probability and statistics quandary. Big Dog, are you any good in province stats and math, or is that not your strong point? Are you kidding me? Math is my strongest point. It's English that I've always had a problem with. That's why it's suspicious that I'm doing a radio program. <laughs> Those who can do, those who can't talk, right? Yeah. All right. Exactly. Can I can I throw this out at you then? Oh please, yeah. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Well, first of all, everything good. Uh, good to talk to you, buddy. A big sports day. I know you're fired up for tonight. Oh my goodness, there's a lot to talk about in terms of the Sweet 16 tonight. The, uh, just overall play, the Chicago Bulls, Peyton Manning, Tim Tebow, Jeremy Lin, and then when you get into what happened yesterday with the Saints, the Saints and the ramifications that that decision will make in the NFL for decades? Mm-hmm. There's a lot in the world of sports going on today, Coach. But, yes, please give me your probability All right. question. All right. Uh, and we are going to, by the way, the March Madness will be on the back saddle of today's program. We're going to lead off with the uh, NFL football story. So uh, that will be right there with the New Orleans Saints and Roger. Good day. Good day. Uh, as our lead story, but real quick. All right, so I'm going back in my high school days, and I vaguely remember, because I'm kind of with you. I hated math, so I'm not with you. But the one math class that I actually somewhat enjoyed was probability and statistics, maybe because I could relate it a little bit to sports. But um, I remember a teacher telling me, surprisingly, that if you have like 25 kids in a class, surprisingly, the odds are better than 50-50 the two of them have the same birthday. Okay, so that's a little bit odd. So I started going over with my son, who was taking 
probability statistics. Actually, both of them, we got into somewhat heated argument last night. My wife was trying to stay on the sidelines, but she had to join in, too. Now, help me out with the theory, Big Dog. Person number one announces his birthday. Person number two clearly has a one out of 365 chance of matching. Yeah, exactly. Person number three has a two out of 365. Person number four... So do you not add up the top part of the fraction, the 1 plus the 2 plus the 3, as we go along? Yeah, that's exactly how you do it. So if, exactly if, it. if in fact, that is exactly how you do it, then the odds are somewhere around 80 to 85%. The two people in a classroom of 25 will have the same birthday. And then you got to divide it by half because then there's a 50. You have to add up the exact probability, and then you divide it by exactly half when you want it to be a 50-50 chance. If you understand, here's the best way to explain it to you. If you have three, if you have a leadoff hitter that hits 300, yep. if you have a second hitter that hits 300, mm-hmm. and if you have a third hitter that hits 300, there's not a 90 percent chance that uh, there, you're not guaranteed 90 percent of the time that uh, what do you call some one of those three guys are going to get a hit. Okay, if, you, if but, but, forty-five percent of the time, when it's either or, either a hit or a out, when you add up their totals together, then it's the fifty percent. So it ends up being there is forty-five percent like likeliness that, without question, mm-hmm. there's going to be a hit in there. All right, so, so this is a this is a good example to break it down. So you got three consecutive batters coming up, who each one of them have a three out of a ten chance of getting hit. So yes. the question, Randy Myers, is at the end of the three batters, what are my odds that at least one of them gets a hit? And you're saying, Big Dog, you add up the three, three, and the three. That's nine over ten, but obviously it's not a 90% chance, is it? No, no. Okay, so now 90%. what do you do to the fraction? So then it says it's either a hit or an out, and these guys, they're all hit at 30%. It's basically... it's. Oh, I see. So, do you see what I'm going to, what I'm getting at? Yeah, I don't. I do, but I don't know. So you're saying you automatically split that because there's only two outcomes? Yes. And so it's either your birthday or it's not your birthday. So this is, see, this is something that's totally different because we're talking about one in a 30, uh, 365 chance as right. opposed to uh, uh, three out of ten and, chance. And so each. Trying to break it down easier. And each fraction changes because obviously when the twentieth guy is going, he's got a nineteen out of three hundred and sixty-five chance. So Randy, how would you? Randy has no idea. He's an English major. See, Randy's one of those guys who's grammatically correct, spells perfectly. You annoy me, you know that. Me and Randy would not. If we went to school together, I can tell you right now, the two of us would not have got along well. I always thought that it was twenty <laughs> people in the room is what you needed in order to get it to fifty percent. Oh, so you've heard this before. Yeah, I've heard it before. Twenty. People. I had I had this I had this class in high school, so it was and it made total made, made total sense to me when I took a class mm-hmm. back in like yeah. nineteen eighty six. All right, but we still can't exactly break it down how uh, in fact yeah. those fractions are added up in this situation. Uh huh. Right, I'm sorry, we can't do that. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you clear. Uh, you helped out somewhat at least. Somewhat. Thank you very much, Big Dog. And again, that was strictly for my own personal gratification. I don't think I helped out at all this time. Yeah, you're probably right, but I'm trying to make you feel better. 888-463-6748. If we do have any math wizards out there of the probability and statistics variety, feel free to give us a call and confuse us a little bit more. You're more than happy to do so. 888-463-6748.
67-48. Big Dog, uh, without further Joseph ado, let's go to the number one story at hand. Unfortunately, it's not the resumption of the Sweet 16 in the March Madness, but it is the uh, National Football League. Roger, good day. Roger Goodell putting down the hammer yesterday on the New Orleans Saints. I have some strong thoughts on it, but I want to hear from you first and, of course, our listeners as well. Oh, yeah, Ed, uh, please call up 888-463-6748. Uh, definitely a, a hot-button issue. I want to flat-out say this straight up right now, Coach, that I'm, I'm a tiny little bit worried about how severe it was. But I am going to say, I think, especially if you look at it over the whole course of action, suspended Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator who is now on the Rams, but was with the Saints when all this happened, and the head coach, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning excuse me, Sean Payton, for one year and finding the organization $500,000 is a drop in the bucket. Two second-round picks, that's pretty harsh. But losing your coach for a year, okay, for, it should happen because if you actually have coaches like writing down and mandating and going to the chalkboard and saying, you take this guy out of the game, I'm giving you ten grand, you don't belong to coaching the NFL. So that is absolutely 100% correct. And, Coach, don't forget this, don't forget this. The Saints lied to the NFL. First they said we never did it. Then they get busted. Oh, well, we, we'll stop doing it. And then they didn't stop doing it. So I, so, in the, so now we have to think about future cases because since there's a precedent been set here, what's going to happen in the future? Uh, is there going to be less of a punishment if people don't lie, if they, if they do stop immediately? Or, uh, is the next coach going to be suspended for a whole entire year? And what about this one, Coach? I don't think anybody's thought of this. The crazy thing about the NFL, and you know more than just as much as I do, these players' contracts aren't guaranteed, and they get cut. The player gets cut. Oh, you cut me? Oh, you're the coach that once paid me $500 for taking out so-and-so and the so-and-so game. Thanks. Uh, you're going to get a call from the NFL office. It's going to happen, Coach. Trust me. This is the most cutthroat league ever. When you get cut, you don't get paid anymore in the NFL. You get cut in basketball and you know something on a coach, you're like, man, that mother mother mm-hmm. should have played me. Oh, heck yeah, the cash, the check is clearing. Heck yeah. So That's what I hear you football. saying is that uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to hear oh, more of these acquisitions? Oh, there's, I guarantee the Saints aren't the only team that have done this, okay? If you're, if you're, watch the way the Detroit Lions planner Jim Schwartz, okay? And I am accusing the Lions of putting boundaries on people. Picking people up and dropping them on their head after the play is done. Either either you're an idiot as a coach to let your players get away with that, or you have bounties on people. So uh, I am accusing uh, Jim Schwartz, and I bet you there's other coaches around the league. The coaches right now that used that did this, and if they're doing it now, they are really moronic. Mm-hmm. They are sweating, sweating it out big time. Is what I'm. Well, I got a, I got a couple thoughts. The league being like, oh no, oh no, I'm next. I got a couple thoughts for you. And again, listeners out there, you want to go mono versus mono versus the big dog, feel free to do so. I will serve as the cut man in the big dog's corner, uh, safely behind the ropes. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Uh, a big dog, I don't think it's as prevalent as you are making it out to be. Well, B. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, no, 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 we talked, remember we had this argument. I don't want you to, I, I didn't, it doesn't mean as prevalent. There's a coach out there sweating right now. Okay. Okay. That's that's we we had this conversation a yes. long time ago. I totally agree. I don't think it's that prevalent. All right, and, and B, let's make sure we have separation of church and state here. We need to separate the. I don't know if I'll use the word harmless, but the somewhat uh, 
non-significant is a better word, uh, reward system that teams might have for hard hits and, you know, and, and, you know, that kind of thing versus specific putting guys out of game with injuries. There is a differentiation there. One I can live with, the other I can't. So let's make sure we don't put those all, you know, we lap them all in the same big bag. I think those are two different things. No, you're right. You're totally right about both of those. You're, you're right. And the thing is, I don't, want, I don't want people to forget that it is illegal to give any type of bonus, whether it is a hit on somebody's knee that ends their career and they never get to play the great game of football again, or it's a guy who bats down a pass to win a game and it was just a beautiful yeah. play. Nobody got hurt. They get, they get bonuses for all that. All of it is illegal. But, but the but, true, true thing is if you are – Paying people to intentionally hurt another athlete. Yep. Despicable. Despicable, yep. Coach. Yep. And, and that, if in fact that's the case in New Orleans and it sounded like it was specifically that, then I'm, I'm with uh-huh. you, Big Dog, and I'm fully behind Roger Goodell. I don't think it was too severe at all. Zero tolerance, no excuse. I'm surprised that so many of the sports talk yahoos out there, both the host and the callers who kind of are laughing at it and saying, oh, come on, you can never legislate against it, part of the game, blah, blah, blah. No, absolutely inexcusable, no place for it. To me, the suspensions deserve, I'm right smack behind Roger Goodell, surprisingly uh-huh. enough. You know, we, we can't we can't, legis- we can't find every single politician that has his hand in the cookie jar distributing all our tax money to his buddies that are doing no work for it. But when we find them, you got to do something about it. You can't be like, well, everybody else is getting away with it, so... Sorry, Rod. We're going to let you go. You know, I mean, it's, we can't do that. I mean, the point is they caught somebody. And I'm going to say this again. So just let's reiterate. So all these idiot callers on other places saying stuff like that. I am with you, Coach. The organizations are in free. They're doing it very rarely. And all these bounties come from the players, the defensive players. So if you want to stop that, maybe a quarterback like Drew Brees should be like, seriously? Seriously, Jonathan Thelma, you're going to pay somebody $10,000 if they knock Brett Favre out of the game? How would you feel if somebody did that to me? Somebody mm-hmm. trying to intentionally break my neck. Absolutely. You know, that's, the, that's the difference, Coach. I, and, and to be honest with you, maybe I'm being hypocritical here. I honestly don't think it's as bad if a player is paying a bounty as opposed to a coach playing a bounty. I mean, that's just like, wow, mm-hmm. wow. Well, yeah, that's like that's like the adult, uh, you know, uh, giving his permission for the youth to do something that is illegal or immoral or something of that like. It's much worse that the adult gives it. You know, the kids, you can almost understand it. By the way, you mentioned the election analogy and politicians. I can't help but bring up the uh, hum- part humorous, part tragic, but fully symbolic fact of the elections. Two days ago, I don't know if you saw this story or not, Big Dog, but I think his name is Derek Smith, uh, Alderman in the Chicago area. Those of us listening, uh, those uh, fine listeners to the two guys at a mic show outside the Chicago area, just to give you a full taste of what Chicago politics is all about. This guy was caught on tape by the FBI accepting a bribe, basically. Cut through all the crap, and that's what it was. There's really no argument about it. About a week before the election. But he's a Democrat. And the Democrats don't want to lose that spot. So they continue to support the guy and didn't bring up the allegations. And the dude who got caught and is arrested by the FBI got elected yesterday. Elected yesterday, something like 70, 80% of the votes in his aldermanic district, big dog. And then a day after the election, 
Now all the Democrats are calling for him to resign so they can put their own guy in place. So the guy that got caught on tape with the bribe gets elected by 70% of the people. God, that, that, God bless. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, Coach. Come on. I mean, that's that's really sad. That's a, that's, I mean, both parties would do it, but that's that's just basically how bad both. I'm yeah. glad you had brought that up as a diehard Democrat, because I eventually would have heard about that. And, I mean, I've had stuff like uh, ammunition against you for like a week about some of the stuff that has happened. <laughs> like what happened in the White House last Friday. I'm just like, my like immediately my uncle contacted me. And I was like, I could not believe what, what they had what, done. So, what happened at the White House? Uh, last Friday, right in the middle of uh, the first round of the NCAA tournament, while no one was, was really paying attention, uh, the White House made said, put out an edict that said, at any time we can requisition personal property from from any American if we deem it's in uh, national security, in, in need of national security. At any time, they can requisition any material from any American mm-hmm. private citizen whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. And I've been needing to bring this up all week, and I knew if I brought it up, I would get extremely upset. And to be honest with you, I'm almost afraid to bring it up because if, you, if you're going to tell me you think that's okay, that I would well, I don't think I'd be ever able to talk to you again. No, I, 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 I did right now. Just thinking about, and it was on a Friday night at like 9:50 p.m. They put it out there, right when Saint Bonaventure was about to get eliminated. How about that? The two yeah. things could be connected, by the way. No, I'm not. I agree with you. That's not right. What I would suggest to you, based on the lack of publicity on the supposed expose that you're talking about, that uh-huh. everything you heard from who was it, your cousin, your nephew, or whatever, I don't think you're getting quite the whole story. That's what I would suggest. No, to you. no, no. The link was on WhitehouseGov. That I read everything off of, Coach. I don't think anybody tampered and broke into the White House uh, website. Just, just throwing it out there. I really, I think that was taken care of, and I don't think it was somebody hacking them. White House. Dot, the White House. Are you sure WhitehouseGov is a legitimate website? I, no, no, that, that's an excellent point. I don't know about that because I, that, I will admit that was the first time I had ever been on Whitehouse.gov. Yeah. Ever in my entire life mm-hmm. was because because when I read that I couldn't believe it, so I had to go. And there yeah. it was. You right always got to yeah. be careful because that .gov or a .org or a .net, we found out in the past, Big Doug, you, you know, go to the wrong three letters, it can send you to a completely different website. My, my favorite one was uh, we had a comic back on the old show that we used to do for, for years. And he'd come on every Wednesday. And this dude, I don't know how he is. He, maybe he is famous by now, but Lee Camp yes. was his name. I remember him. And he was like, if you got to go to LeeCamp.com, because if you go to LeeCamp.net, it's a bunch of naked Korean girls. Yeah. And once he, was, once he said that, by the way, 89% of our listeners, we found out, plugged into LeeCamp.net. So we actually destroyed his own website by mentioning that. Yeah. He should have just shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Since then, by the way, apparently on LeeCamp.org, just to get uh, viewers, he did drop trout. What can I tell you? Desperate.org. Well, Desperate times call for desperate measures. But <laughs> all right, well, you know what? Let's not get into that right now. I got to do some more research. But okay, uh, yeah, please, please. Yeah. As described to me, journey. that clearly does not sound good. And to see, the sad thing was, it was like Friday at like ten mm-hmm. o'clock, and I read it, and I and like on Monday, I, I was like, I got to remember being something, and I still have it until right at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. But, all right. But just, we're gonna let's talk about that tomorrow. There's plenty to talk about right now. But you don't want to talk about uh, Tim Tebow going to the New York Jet? Just slightly. I, just, I, I uh, love Chris just Rock's comment. comment. Chris Rock apparently tweeted, uh, Tebow going to the Jets? I thought the Saints were the ones being punished. 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of shit. You have any idea, Big Don? You're a football mind. Uh, you and Rex Ryan. I don't mm-hmm. think you guys, you know, walk the same path, but there's some similarities there, football style-wise. Any idea what a Rex Ryan and the Jet organization might have in mind for a Timothy Tebow? You, you know, Coach, if, if it doesn't come with the Tim Tebow mania package, which basically is a media headache, like. Just one, uh, how about Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow? Oh, you guys won 27 to 10, and Tim Tebow came down on a third down package and scored a touchdown. Did you guys win because of Tim Tebow? I, I don't know if it's worth it to have all that in, in your. Mm-hmm. If he's not your starting quarterback, I don't know if you can have him on your team because as soon as Mark Sanchez throws the interception next year, yep. the whole crowd, like that's the whole crowd. And certainly have, the Jets. People, the administration, the coaching staff, the ones who made the call to bring him in, they had to realize that, right? You're going you're gonna to have half the Jet fans like Chris Rock, who, yeah, they do realize that, Coach. They have to. I hope they realize it. Or else they're, uh, do they want Mark Sanchez to play a phrase? Do you, do you they think they – do they talk to Mark Sanchez first and, and say, hey, we're thinking of doing this and, you know, are you cool with it? Or do they just make uh, the move? And Because uh, already Sanchez is already on uh, somewhat shaky ground. Uh, you know, I, I – I don't like to back away from questions, Coach. And I, I, I don't know on that one. Because if, Mar- if they come to me, I'm like, no, I don't want him in here. I don't want to get off the field when we're five yards away from the goal line. No, mm-hmm. this is my – I want to be the one to get us into the, into the end zone. I was telling this to my buddies yesterday. Coach, I've always been an extremely team player, whether it was in basketball or baseball or football. And at every position I ever played, I considered myself like a leader, but you know, like I, I was never selfish. If I was the quarterback of a team, I would turn it up a notch and I would demand not to come out of the game. I would be like that type of guy. You would almost have to be. If Mark Sanchez doesn't like get upset about it, you will lose respect from the rest of the team. And if everybody else says, oh, you're wrong about that, whatever, you've never played football and you don't get it. There's something about. I played with a lot of quarterbacks, and I'm not kidding you. To this day, I'm telling you, Barry Creveston is my quarterback. When that guy looked me in the eye and yelled at me, you're supposed to smoke that dude on that play, and I felt, yeah, I should have smoked him on that play. And the next time I had to smoke somebody, I put the dude on his back. So Mark Sanchez, it's it's such a strange balance what the quarterback position is in the NFL and just in football in general, and to have – some guy on the sidelines that 50% of the Jet fans are going to be like, oh, no, why are we signing him? Just for so we can sell jerseys? 25% are going to be like, oh, who cares? Whatever, I'm just here because, you know, I got season tickets and I, this is what everybody else does. And then a quarter, the other quarter are going to be like, put Tebow in! Put Tebow in! <laughs> and that quarter can yell pretty loud, if you know what I'm saying, Coach. Mm-hmm. Extremely loud. And they can drown out the 25% who are drooling on themselves and the 50% <laughs> who really know that Mark Sanchez isn't any good anyways. If you, if you get what I'm getting, it's the ugly situation they're going to get into in New York. All right, somewhat, somewhat less than a rousing recommendation. The New York Jets bringing in Tim Tebow. That's Joel, the big dog, Radwanski, our football insider. Actually, our football outsider. We don't have an insider, but uh, uh, big dog tries to play one here on the Sports Talk Radio, our football outsider on the two guys and a mic show. Don't forget, by the way, speaking of football dog, when I come back, from my week off next week for psychological reconditioning. That's That apparently <laughs> is what the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, is calling it. One week off for psychological reconditioning. Interesting. But when we come back, Big Dog, 
the uh, the uh, NFL football draft will not be far away, which is, your, you know, for you, it's really your one shining moment, is it not? Uh, you, you have to admit, Coach, <laughs> I'm good at telling if a player is going to be good or not because I watch enough college football. That's why I call it your shining so, moment. Yeah. You're the best. That's that one thing that I have. Out of all the analysts in the city of Chicago, I think my uh, my predictions on players, yep. whether they'll be bust or not. Randy, you will have to tune in like an April 8, 9, 10, while we're getting close to the to hear Joel. Break down an offensive lineman about the guy's quads and how, and how good his base is. To me, quite frankly, it makes the entire year of programming worth doing. It's, it's one of the how highlights. Many, how, many, how many other Chicago sports people actually predicted Devin Hester to be the greatest kick returner they ever had when people were complaining that they drafted him in the second round? Mark Shanowski. Mark Shanowski claims that it was him first. No, it was me first. <laughs> it was me. Oh, goodness. All right, so we got that to look forward to. So foot, yeah. football is never out of our mind, Big Doug. It's, it's 365, 24-7. It's right there for you, especially a day like yesterday. But so surprisingly, so both of us are kind of behind the uh, Roger Goodell ruling. Yeah, I, I'm the, the only thing is, like, I'm, they deserve it. I mean, they were caught, lied about it, then kept doing it. <laughs> so that's, that's, you know what? That's, that's horrible. You, now, you they won't. Caught. They won't fire Sean Payton, will they? They'll they'll keep him around. He'll just sit for a year. Well, uh, they they can fire Sean Payton, but unlike player contracts in the NFL, coach contracts are guaranteed, and there's nothing the Saints can do about it legally. I think I don't know. I'm, this I'm just I'm talking out of my butt here, but the GM knew about it. The guy who hired the coach knew about it. The owner knew about it uh, and told him to stop and didn't follow up. So how could Tom Benson say and do some type of action being like, we're going to fire Sean Payton and not pay him? So if you still owe this guy like five more years, four of them he can actually coach at $7 million a year, you owe this guy $35 million. How could you fire him? You know what? That's a lot of money, Coach. Mm-hmm. And he's a great coach when he isn't letting uh, people put bounties on other athletes. What about the guy who is directly responsible? Greg Williams gone indefinitely. Is that, Could that? Could that uh, NFL outsider Joe Rodwanski be a lifetime sentence for Gregory R. Williams? It, it just might be. Because let's face it, with an indefinite suspension, he's a defensive coordinator, and the, the Rams didn't, you know, they didn't give him thirty-five million dollars worth of contract, or whatever the heck Peyton has left on it. But what, 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 he might not be able to get a job when he comes back in the NFL. That might be extremely difficult. So even if they lift the band just say in after next season, so two years. In a sense, the people are going to be like, oh, do you really want Greg Williams? Because isn't part of Greg Williams being a great defensive coordinator the simple fact that he's got 11 crazed animals out on the field? Mm-hmm. And will he be able to have that anymore if he doesn't have the ability to be like, yep. yeah, I'm going to, we want you to take this guy out of the game. You know, and it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, Coach. You're, he might never coach again. Interesting. All right, we will find out. They lose a couple of second-round draft choices. The team gets fined $500,000. Very severe penalties put down by the commish, Roger Cattell. Um, Think about what $500,000 is. Those are that $500,000 is for the Naval football game for the Saints' 20 skyboxes. And they have about 280 in their stadium. So $500,000 was a, that's nothing. That's like a, that's like what the NFL charged them for their their secretarial fees for all the paperwork. Is basically <laughs> what that was. Yeah. I mean, really, that was a lot. This is just for the paperwork. Yeah, 
amount of fine for that. We have inside sources that apparently Sean Payton's wife apparently knew about it too, and uh, I don't, I can't confirm this yet, but the Carrollton community in New Orleans, a very lovely uh, suburb upon which they live, the Carrollton community has excavated uh, Mrs. Payton from the Women's Guild in Carrollton, Big Dog. So it's uh, this this thing has legs. Uh, Coach, you know, Carrollton is still just getting past the, the horrors of the looting that went on yes. back in 2005. Yep. I'm telling you, that Victoria's Secret had all of its panties ripped off, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much, John Madden. Uh, <laughs> all right, 888-463-6748, Big Dog and a Coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. By the by, we are scheduled, we should mention, Dog, speaking of March Madness as a lead-in for the championship game, Monday, April 2nd, back at the Playbook and Niles. You don't know it yet, Big Dog, but you'll be hosting until I get there because I might not be there till 8 o'clock. Oh, no, are you serious? Why, are you going to be there late, too? Yeah, that's... uh. Because that's when, uh, our, like, we're starting the the kayak tour. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing right. I'm doing the workout tour. I'll tell I'm you what, we'll, we'll talk. Night. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for All me right. to get there on time. We that's will talk. We'll happen. talk off air. But we were scheduled apparently to appear once again at the playbook. And once the hoops are over, we are going to be at the playbook uh, with a baseball special. And maybe a couple other locations too, and it will feature an appearance, of course, by the uh, very aptly named this year man. So uh, lots of fun things coming up off the radio show in the not too distant future. That that sounds awfully good, Coach. Yes. By the way, this year man wrote another uh, blog on the uh, open letter to Theo Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know so if we, got a chance for that. We got to. I have not seen that. We got to check that out. Got to check that. I'm a little worried about Hostess Caroline, who was a little bit too anxious to meet uh, this year man. So. I hope this year man will be on his best behavior. Carol, no, her name was Carolina, right? Yeah, Carolina, coach. She was from yes. she was from the Lithuania. Yes. Now Dasha, Dasha is another blonde uh, uh, Eastern European girl. Yes. And uh, from what I understand, this year man was excited to see her, but Cubby Bear found out about it, and <laughs> Cubby Bear is going to be coming along. And Dasha better not get too close to this year man. Oh boy. Thanks. That's, that's four foot five, three hundred and fifty pounds of one hairy woman, coach. One hairy woman. <laughs> I got oh, that. You cause... would think a guy like that would have a better looking girlfriend, but no. Yeah, things can happen. I remember Carolina was wearing what the Derrick Rose jersey, and not much else. That's that pretty much summed it up, coach. Yeah, and I got worried. I said cool. next game the way because that was the game John Lucas was having a great game. And Derrick Rose about six three, John Lucas five ten. I got worried. I said if John Lucas becomes her favorite player. And she wears nothing but a John Lucas. I don't know how big that jersey is. We could have problems, big dog. Yeah. By the way, I just want to. I just want to say uh, a girl, a waitress in a Derrick Rose extra large jersey and, and nothing else besides Off, shoes. Awfully good. It's a good look. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, big dog. So hopefully we'll be at the playbook for the NCAA championship game that's coming up Monday, April. Two, ladies and gentlemen, who will be there? We're going to find out starting tonight. Sweet 16 March Madness. Everybody's brackets probably at this point are shoot for shot, but who cares? Enjoy the games. Have fun. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday, dog, but you got Michigan State and Louisville and Wisconsin and Syracuse as your leadoff games tonight. Wisconsin and Syracuse, that's in, 
It's an odd matchup, isn't it? Two teams you just don't normally see playing each other. Two different styles as well. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's awfully cool. Like I thought of that immediately, and then I heard one of the craziest stats I think I've ever heard: Syracuse is zero and six all time versus Big Ten teams in the tournament. Wow! I, I do remember Illinois beating them. I, like to go to the Final Four, I remember. Indiana beating them for the national championship in '87, but that was that just shocked me. So, uh, but I, I tell you this: Wisconsin is a really difficult matchup for Syracuse because Syracuse is known for like making you work, making you work, turn your ball over and get an easy layup on the other end. Wisconsin never turns the ball over, coach. I, I really like Wisconsin in this game. Mm-hmm. So they got a nice matchup. I know there are four playing a one, but this is the one-one where Wisconsin's got to be like, thank you very much, we can beat this one. So. Syracuse is, is kind of like a quandary because they play, they rarely press, and they mm-hmm. play the you know the, the quarter-court 2-3 zone fairly aggressively, but nevertheless they don't extend it. So mm-hmm. defensively they play in a half-court game, but then on the other hand when they get a steal or a rebound or if they're made basket, boom, they get it and go. So they got that fast-break mentality, big dog, but typically... Those teams like to press full court. Syracuse, after they score, they uh-huh. back it up into a 2-3. So it's kind of, they're sometimes fast and sometimes slow. That might play in the hands of Wisconsin. Yeah, you're, you're, I, I agree with you. I, I really agree with you there because for some reason, that's a great analysis because Syracuse really does like to run a lot on offense, Coach, and they do force a lot of turnovers. I never really thought about it. I guess their philosophy on, on defense is, hey, let's not give up any easy shots. Let's just get back as quickly as possible. Let's set our defense, and then we'll figure it out from there. And that let's not extend a, a lot of energy, forcing the other team to have a difficult time getting up the court. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all I have to say about it. Yeah, two and threes. electricity just went out all over the western suburbs. What happened? So the electricity just went really? out all over the western suburbs, yeah. The lights are out? out? You are the now talking are in the dark? Okay, no, they're, they're back on now. It's oh, all good. There we go. Oh. What do they call that? A brownout? That hasn't happened in a long time. Wow. For us, seriously, that it's been like a year. Uh, everybody okay? You got to reset your clocks now. Just when you finally got it to daylight savings time, you got to reset them again. I got to admit, I didn't change the one by my bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing like nothing like the flashing light when you come home after a. Uh, <laughs> Electrical outlet exchange. Uh, all right, so we got Syracuse and Wisconsin leading it off. Interesting ball game. That one's tough to pick. I haven't seen the Vegas odds on that game. I'm going to guess Syracuse by a couple of points. Wisconsin's got the great point guard and uh, Jordan Taylor, and they got their usual array of big, tough, white forwards that can face the basket and play. Mike Brusiewicz and Jared Bergeron amongst them. Yeah, they 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 always have that, and it's definitely consistent with this year's team coach. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of skilled players, so not a lot of athleticism, but a lot of skill mm-hmm. on Wisconsin. All right, What's the be... other early game tonight? Yep, that'll be the first game on. Right after that, you got Michigan State in Louisville. That's a heck of a matchup. Real good battle. Michigan State, of course, their freshman point guard Brandon Dawson. He is done. He was injured. Before the start of the tournament, and they haven't missed them the first two games. My thought is, Big Dog, they might in this one, because Louisville is guard strong, and I know you haven't gotten to watch Peyton Siva play much during his career. Mm-hmm. Tune in and check this dude out, because he is about as quick as any player I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's funny, is because you, you know I'm pulling up from Michigan State. I, I want them to win. I love Draymond Green. 
Uh, I actually appreciate Tom Izzo. I know a lot of other people don't, but I, I really like Tom Izzo. But uh, this is another 4-1 where I'm looking at the – everybody's picking Michigan State, and I like that, but I, I think Louisville's going to end up winning this game. That's Yep. Maybe the maybe the four days off will hurt them because, uh, you know, during the season they were good, good enough getting the tournament, but they never really hit their stride. But all of a sudden, and you can start to make some comparisons to Connecticut last year, Big East tournament, you know, they got healthy and they came together and played outstanding. What did they win, four straight or no, three straight to win the Big East, right? Uh, I would have to, it, it is three straight. Well, what, I'm trying to think now. It's three straight if you're a top four seed. Were they a top, they might have won. Right, because the Big well, East no, tournament. If you're a top four seed, you have to win three games. If you're like DePaul, you got to win six games <laughs> or five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's ugly. It's I'm, but I'm not sure where Louisville fell in that thing. They might have had to win at least four. I don't know if they were a top four seed. Either way, they played their best basketball, won the Big East championship, played two great games. So there, are, you know, some similarities to the Red Hot Connecticut team. And as we know, Big Dog, it's not necessarily the best team. It's I, the I, team that's the hottest. And right now, Louisville is. Uh, Steaming. Hey, hey, Coach, I'm going to have to go for a minute because my house's alarm system is going off, and we can't figure out why it's going off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the beauty of live radio. Join us when you can, Big Dog. Back when you can. Okay, I'll be right back. (laughs) Big Dog, uh, temporarily stepping out as our co-host. If you would like to step in as the co-host of Randy, what we often say is if people call up and we enjoy their work, they might stay permanently. You know, Big Dog may never be back. If I like you a lot, I might never be back. So it's your chance to call in, co-host temporarily. Who knows? Maybe take over the damn gig. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Other games going on later today. we got Cincinnati and Ohio State. Obviously, we're going to have four matches today, four matches tomorrow. Winners meet on Saturday and Sunday. Those are my favorite games, by the way. Saturday and Sunday are my favorite because those are the games to get to the Final Four. Those are typically some of the best, best games. So very much looking forward to Saturday and Sunday's matchups. I think those are both the evening games. But Ohio State take it on Cincinnati. i got to tell you, Cincinnati, one of the teams through uh, thick or thin, or I don't know if they avoided me or my schedules didn't fit, somehow over the course of the season and the tournament, I never got to see Cincinnati play. A highlight here, a highlight there, a quick pick. I really have not watched the Bearcats play, but obviously they're playing extremely well, taking on Ohio State, and they beat Florida State, which was red hot. A really good Florida State team. So Cincinnati um, taking on the Buckeye at Ohio State, a little bit of a quandary. Start of the year, everybody had them. Not everybody, but a lot of people had them as the number one team in the country with the number one player in the country, Jared Sollinger, coming back. Well, they had a few bumps in the road. No injuries. They stayed healthy. They just didn't quite click to the level people thought they would. Jared Sollinger, one of those guys, and Randy, it's always an interesting quandary. A freshman has a phenomenal freshman year. Okay? And he could be a top five pick. Do you go out when you're hot? Or do you come back? Well, Jared Sollinger makes the choice to come back. Okay? And he had a good season, but... He was not the scintillating freshman. All of a sudden, there's new good young players. You know, the the NBA coaches or the NBA scouts are like anybody else. It's the present you haven't seen much, you know, that that you think has the great potential. Once you start to see it more, all of a sudden, the allure starts to drop a little bit. So bottom line is, Jaron Sollinger came back for another year. God bless him, had a good season, but not a great season. He wasn't dominant. wasn't 
maybe special would be the word, like he was as a freshman. Now, if they had the NBA draft, he's a 10th or 11th pick. So you can say, okay, no big deal, and it probably is no big deal. He's going to be very, very comfortable uh, if he handles his finances well for the rest of his life. But on the other hand, by not coming out last year and playing another year, what I don't know the finances between a fourth, let's say the fourth overall pick and the 11th overall pick, but I'm going to gander a semi-educated and guess and say it's well in the millions. So theoretically, by sticking around for a sophomore year, he lost two, three, four million dollars. Eh, I've seen Mr. Sowinger and the Sowinger family; they can handle it. But you know, and I don't hope a lot of freshmen pick up on that because then you're going to have more freshmen coming out after a good freshman year. But at any rate, Ohio State, led by Jared Sowinger, taking on Cincinnati. They're the slight favorites. Battle of Ohio. One thing we know of the four Ohio teams: all four are not going to advance, right? Cincinnati going up against Ohio State. So, uh, you know, at the very least, we'll be down to three. The state of Ohio dominating, dominating the March Madness tournament. So we'll see that one. And then the final game tonight, as we get uh, four good games coming at us, is Baylor taking on Xavier, I think. No, that's Friday. Got Michigan State, Louisville. Oh, we got Marquette in Florida. Marquette in Florida. There was some strange talk show, sports talk shows, at the beginning of this year on an internet talk station in the Chicago area. I'm not sure who the guy was who at the very beginning of the season had a hunch, had a hunch that Florida might be the uh, team to beat in the national championship at the end of the year. And I made that pick, uh, you know, based on hunch, but also a little bit on what they had coming back at some of their new players. Well, during the season, Florida, sort of like of Ohio State, I mean, they were good. But they weren't great. They didn't quite hit that next level. And for one of their problems was they kept meeting Kentucky. They lost to Kentucky both during the regular season. They met Kentucky again in the, I think it was the semifinals of the SET tournament and lost against They had lost three times to Kentucky, but there's still a lot of talent there. And they are kicking it in high gear. Uh, nobody, nobody has been more impressive than their first two games than Florida, knocking off Virginia 71 to 45 and then uh, taking Cinderella and just what they did to Cinderella, I mean, they could be arrested in 11 states. Unbelievable. Norfolk State getting absolutely hammered. Hammered by Florida. 84 to 50. So the Gators looking awfully good. I got to be rooting for them against my local guys. The Marquette Golden Eagle. Pretty good game right there, though. Darius Johnson Odom and uh, Jake Crowder. The dangerous one-two punch for the Marquette Golden Eagle. So that'll be a good battle. Florida with four guards. And then they got one guy in the middle. But that dude in the middle. I don't know if basketball, he's probably maybe get an NBA career, but I don't know if he's ever played football. But if I were an NFL scout, even if he hasn't played football, taking one look at him in a basketball jersey, I'd take him, well, not in the first round, I'd take him as a second-round pick. I mean, that dude is one big, mean, cut individual. Put him at the tight end position, let's call it a day. Anyhow, we got Florida and, uh, and Marquette going up in game two tonight of the uh, – games in the west coast and then coming up tomorrow you got kentucky indiana baylor and xavier we'll be talking about those games tomorrow on the show too north carolina in ohio most important guy right now on the north carolina team is the trainer and the doctors they got two of their star players john henson with a wrist and kendall actually both of them got wrist injuries i think because kendall marshall broke his wrist broke his wrist but uh you know they what they do they wrapped it for a day 
they took the wrapping off. The indication is that they, they, you know, they're taking the wrapping off that he's going to try to play. So we will see. But uh, the team trainer, the team doctors right now, the MVPs for the North Carolina team, if neither one of those guys play, can. Can Cinderella live for another day? Ohio Bobcats right now, the closest thing to a surprise team, the closest thing to a Cinderella team we had. They knocked off South Florida. They knocked off Michigan, my Michigan team, who I had going to the Final Four. But the Ohio Bobcats led by D.J. Cooper right out of Seton Academy here in Chicago. Um, hey, those two guys don't play for North Carolina. You never know. No pressure on the Bobcats. They got nothing to lose. So that will be interesting to watch. Probably, yeah, you can't call them a Cinderella, but probably the Second least likely team to make the Final Four would be North Carolina State. They're led by a first-year coach, Mark Godfred. They're going up against Kansas. I think we got the big dog back on the line. Big dog, I don't know why, but of the 16 teams, I'm rooting least for Kansas. Bill Self annoying me more and more as the years go on. And would you call North Carolina State the second? Cinderella is not really an apt term for them, is it? Uh, I, I don't know if you can call them Cinderella, but they do have an 11 next to their name. Yep. And... Uh, they were called Cinderella when they won the national championship, and they had a Good six point. next to their name. Good so point. I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, them a Cinderella if they mm-hmm. actually went four games in a row. Right. Everything okay with the alarm? Did uh, security people you know, show up? Or like I said, our our electricity doesn't go off here very often. We have our own alarm system, and it didn't sound like our alarm system. We're like, what the. Like I was like I like Mount Cloudy. Who's what? Which one of our idiot neighbors has this crazy alarm that won't shut off? And he's like, it's us. <laughs> we had to shut off all the breakers in our house, and we find out that there's an alarm on the side of our house that we had no idea was here. And our electricity has gone off before. That was the first time it ever triggered the alarm for some now reason. Now you do live in the United Nations with people speaking like four or five different languages in the house. If the alarm goes off. And you have to call in the password or maybe, you know, punch it in. Do you have to have, like, like bilingual password codes? Yeah, we do, Coach. We do. But it's yeah. all good. Everybody has learned it. We just uh, – I don't really want to give away too much more. How about that? But, yes, we, that's all taken care of. <laughs> and uh, it basically revolves around either one or two people. So we only have to worry about three languages. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. How is the United Nations, by the way, these days? I haven't talked about the uh, – the homestead, I know the roster changes on a regular basis, but last time we checked, uh, what did we have? We had Indian, Polish, Mexican. There was a female thrown in there. And was there a Muslim in there, too? I can't remember. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We, we, uh, it, right now, my, uh, our Asian roommate and the Muslim roommate moved out at similar times. So really? Nowhere near as much as the United Nations as it's been in the past. Without getting too personal, did the Asia roommate and the Muslim roommate move to a location together? And if so, was the cohabitation pre-entrance to the United Nations, or did this happen under the auspices thereof? I I do, by the way, just (laughs) let you know, I do do understand that uh, Uh, the continent and being Muslim is actually uh, a a religion. We, We kid, of course. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Muslim is now running a Verizon wireless in Hawaii. Wow! And uh, the Asian is uh, is now like the lead tech guy at some tech industry ah, place. What a surprise okay. there, huh, Coach? <laughs> so they are not cohabitating. Has there been any? No, the, we did, I never saw the tech Asian guy. Uh, we just know that he had a he rented a lot from. Uh, 
this video store down the street, and we were like, dude, who rents videos anymore? I went in there, and then I realized that there was only one type of oh boy. video in there, Coach. Oh, boy. And we, were, we wondered why he spent, like, he, he worked out of the house, and he still would never leave the room, Coach. And we were like, man, this guy goes through, goes through Kleenex like any I want right, like, take it easy, take it easy. But he doesn't live anymore. Take folks. it easy. But, but the point I'm trying to get to, in your years running the United Nations how, uh, hostile corporation that you run over there, had there ever been people that came in and via the living quarters ended out in somewhat of a romantic situation? Oh, no, that's never happened. Not uh, much of, uh, well, uh, don't forget there's a couple that moved in originally, and there's only been one woman living here in, it, in her, and we don't cross streams, if you know what I'm saying, Yeah, in this house. That doesn't count. Well, you're no fun. Sorry, sorry, but I will tell you this: there's been uh, there's been a bunch of eligible bachelors that have lived in this house, and I, I, if that's been a lot more fun than actually, you know, yes. like uh, you're going to have to just shut me up from here. Yeah, I was going to say a couple couple of your roommates have been a little bit too eligible. Five, we got five eligible males that live here, and all of us are in extremely good shape. I would have to say hey. it's been a very good oh. five years. Blue forty-two, red seventeen, split left, split left, ready, set, hut. Hut, audible left, audible left. All right, Big Dog, we're getting into dangerous territory here, my friend. Well, you're the one who brought it up. Yes, I am, and I apologize for that. And Cindy, uh, Cinemax Cindy, of course, already sending emails in, of which very few of them I can read. The only one I can say over the air, Big Dog, is Cinemax Cindy likes Marquette. The rest of them I can't repeat. Because of Buzz Williams? No, I think she's got a thing for Jake Crowder and his hair. I gotta tell you something. The reason why Jay Crowder is so dominant on the basketball court is it's because of the hair coach. <laughs> oh, Cinemax Cindy certainly thinks so. I mean, would you want that? Would you want that tarantula trap like laying on you if you were rebounding? <laughs> Do you think he does that purposely just to bug his coach Buzz Williams, who has absolutely no hair? There might be something into that. I coach. think so. I would not be too shocked yeah. if that's what was going on. I think so. By the way, I'm not only excited about the March Madness uh, games to get to the Final Four this weekend, my favorite games. I was saying that while you were fixing your alarm. But I'm also excited, I think, this weekend, it could be wrong, is the debut of the highly anticipated, at least in our family, Three Stooges movie makes its debut this weekend, Big Dunk. You know what? And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I honestly understand that I doubt it's going to be as good as the, any of the originals because the originals had political and social overtones that were just brilliant. And I don't know if you can pull that off in a, a nowadays movie. Hopefully yeah. they can. Hopefully they can. But I, I'll tell you this, the 30-second trailer that I saw had me laugh it did? out loud. So All right, it because I, to me, I was looking forward to the movie. The, the, the clips I saw, the mini trailers, the advertisements during the tournament last weekend, uh -huh. To me, it had the makings of a colossal bust. But oh, I, 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 I'm assuming it's going to be that way, by the way. I'm assuming it, that's what is going to happen to the movie. That's yeah. not going to be anywhere near as good as the original. Yeah. The I'm guy, the guy who takes the, takes the role of playing Curly, that's almost a no-win situation. Because, huh. you know, how do you match that? And if you try to match it and you fail, you're a complete joke. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So right. You, you would almost be like, we do the chef, and I'd be chef. You're yeah, you know, Shump, Shump and Larry, you know, it's less dangerous territory. Curly, you're taking a quantum leap. And I don't know oh, who the well, dude is. Look, Looks-wise, they got him down pretty good, but the little mini clips I saw, I'm not sure the humor is going to be there like we're expecting, Big Dog. Well, uh, 
hopefully, like if I was, I'd be, can I play the clone Joe? Because I know I can do it better than clone Joe. Give it through Sujit Because remember, so Curly replaced Shemp. Clone Joe replaced Curly when Curly was sick of getting concussions and wanted more money. So they brought in Clone Joe. They made two little shorts with him. And then they ended up paying Curly a lot more money than they really. It was funny. They're like, oh, we don't need you. We're going to have the clone Joe play you. And then they ended up paying Curly more money than he originally asked for when they realized mm-hmm. how bad that guy was. Trying to kind of backfired. I'm trying to think in the world of sports if we could cast the Stooges. A Mo, Larry, and Curly in the world of sports. Mo. I came up with, I just wrote down real quick to John Stockton, but that doesn't work. Who would be a good Mo in the world of sports? Well, Tony. it's got to be a Bobby Knight. Nah, Mo. Well, you're right. Personality-wise, yes. Yeah. But the Bobby look. Knight, he's a, a numbskull. The look is not going to work. That may take some. It might take some thought. Let, let's throw that out there tomorrow. Assuming the Three Stooges movie's coming out, see if we can come up with our our athletic version of the Three Stooges. Curly will probably be a little bit easier to figure out. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Big Dog back with us Rue for a couple Lange of more Gardner. minutes after getting the alarm and security system all fixed. Yes, Big Dog. Rulon Gardner is Curly. Who? Rulon Gardner. It's not bad. A lot of our listeners probably not aware, but that's that's pretty good. Uh. Like sports fans know him as a guy who beat uh, Andre Corellin as the greatest Greco-Roman wrestler ever, or television watchers know him as a guy that lost like uh, seven eighth graders on The Biggest Loser. Well, how about those of us who originally know the greatness of Rulon Gardner, who became uh, America's first ever, I think, gold medal winner in the Olympics in Greco-Roman wrestling, right? That didn't I just say that you go? Oh, I thought I thought you were talking about. Yeah, but he beat Andre Corellin for it. Forget about the fact he was oh. the first. This guy was the greatest, yes. most dominant wrestler on any level, Greco-Roman or regular wrestling. Okay, I apologize. He I thought Andre Corellin was that like one of these pro wrestlers, and you were okay. That Are was the serious? actual guy he beat in real wrestling. The guy he was going for his fifth consecutive gold medal. It's his only loss ever, and it's to Rulon Gardner. Yep. one of the greatest upsets ever. Yep. Rulon Gardner hasn't done anything else in his whole entire life, but he beat. The greatest wrestler. It's like Chaminade beating Virginia. Except it was for the national championship. <laughs> People, a lot of our listeners probably don't remember that. Having said that, though, I remember watching it and trying to get excited about one of the great upsets in Olympic history. And he was an American guy. But then I remember watching the heavyweight Greco-Roman wrestling. And Big Dog, A, was the most unexciting thing I've ever seen. B, there was zero. Zero athletic ability involved. Basically, they leaned on each other. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, Rulon Gardner pulled the guy's leg. He didn't even bring him down. Nobody he just did one little move and he won the match. Greco Roman wrestling. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I do know what the hell I'm talking about you as a spectator. I'm telling you. Greco Roman wrestling. They didn't do anything. It was Greco Roman lean on each other. And who sweats the most? It was a pitiful example of athletic competition. Greco-Roman is so much better than the regular wrestling. It's Boring. Not what what skill was there in Greco-Roman outside of leaning so on a guy? First of all, since you don't know what you're talking about, you you said, oh, we grabbed his leg. That's illegal. You can't grab legs in Greco-Roman. Well, he scored, he scored a point on an undramatic move, and that's what won in the contest. And I'm like, and, again. And by the way, next time I see you, uh, <laughs> I'll lean on you in a Greco-Roman wrestling way, and we'll determine whether or not I'm athletic or not when you get thrown in the air and land on your back. No, but nobody threw anybody. Yes, they did. He won on a throw. Well, maybe they can. I'm telling you, in the championship match, all they did was lean on each other. 
Oh, Roland Gardner, one of the great upsets in Olympic history. What a phenomenal thing. I'm trying to get excited. He didn't do anything. slammed him. He picked Corellin up and slammed him. It's one of the greatest moves. It was phenomenal, Coach. And, and you're the guy whose sister soccer was so excited. It was a one nothing score. Well, it's one of those things where you make one mistake and the guy picks you up and slams you, and that's exactly what he did to Corellin. That was an ex- whatever. Whatever. <laughs> in one of the great American Olympic moments. I'm just telling you how I felt at the time. I remember I was trying to get excited, but I remember it was like, "What? this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Soccer could run circles around Greco-Roman wrestling. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you what's boring or what's not boring. That's your own yeah. determination. All right. But I, just, I had to correct that he grabbed his leg. Yes. Because there was more, you can't do it, than there was some excitement. Right. And it's the end of the show now. We finally had some here. Yeah, beautiful. All right, big dog, great show. Uh, the week is fun. Huh? Michael Bush is a bear, but they have a third down back. Oh, is that for sure? Yes, and he wow. can and he can score by the goal line. It's a good thing to be. We have a Matt Forte secondary running back. Well, it's a good thing. We got two of them because Khalil Bell is pretty good too. Yeah, well, coach, we needed somebody on third and two to put out on the field okay. and have the defense worried that okay. we can hand it to a big fat dude. I like this it. Is, the Bears, the, we, Bears lineup is starting to shape up. Oh. Michael Bush, yep. a Chicago Bear, very good. We'll talk about that and more tomorrow. Yeah. Big dog, be good. <laughs> Not sure what that is. Hopefully, Big Dog will be with us tomorrow. Either that or one of his United Nations roommates' friends just took him away. We might never hear from the Big Dog again. Keep the show on tape, Randy, just in case that was the last we ever hear from the Big Dog. All right, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every listener out there. We'll be back at you again 10 o'clock tomorrow. The TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic signing off. 10 tomorrow. Please don't be late.